This show is brought to you by Gene Tree. Create your free family tree and family network. Go to GeneTree.com to sign up today. Gene Tree, you belong here. Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this episode, we're going to check in at the editor's desk with Allison Stacy, editor of Family Tree Magazine. We'll be covering the latest hot topics from the blogosphere with the genealogy insider, managing editor, Diane Haddad. In our top tips segment, we'll be covering a slew of great Google tips with Allison Stacy, who's written an article for the January 2009 issue. We'll be spotlighting another terrific website in the 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots list. And in the Best of Family Tree magazine segment, we'll be talking to author Sonny McClellan Morton about how to get your relatives talking. There's lots to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the editor's desk with Allison Stacy. Well, it's time once again to check in with Allison Stacy, editor and publisher of Family Tree Magazine. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, Allison, there have been so many new things going on at the magazine this last year that I thought that the December episode would be a great time to do kind of a year in review. Now, first of all, it not that kind of a new title for you, editor and publisher? It is. Um, here at Family Tree Magazine, um, in addition to overseeing the editorial aspect of the magazine. I'm also going to be overseeing the business portion of the magazine as well. So that's a new role for me, and I'm very excited about it. That is exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And I know that um, you've already launched into to lots of new endeavors this last year. Tell us about, well, let's start with Family Tree Kids. Yeah, um, it has been a very eventful year for us, and Family Tree Kids was kind of the project that got the ball rolling. Um, Family Tree Kids, for the listeners who don't know about it, is a website that we launched, and it is, as the title um, indicates, just for children. Um, so it's a place where if you have a child or grandchild who is looking for some homework help on a Family Tree project or just you want to help them spark that interest in genealogy, there's games and um, activities that they can do. And there's also a section on there for teachers and parents. Oh, and it's so cute. And I, and I know that you guys did kind of a tie-in with the Tamagotchi games, the, the little toys that yeah. kids play with. So what a great way to introduce kids to family history. Yeah, and um, it's been pretty popular, so we're excited to be able to um, offer that to not only kids who might find us on the Internet, but also you know, the children and grandchildren of our readers who are already very passionate about family history. Oh, you bet. Well, and speaking of the website, really, the whole Family Tree Magazine website is new. Yeah, um, back in August, we launched a brand-new site at FamilyTreeMagazine.com, and you know that's been great for us as well, and we hope for our visitors and readers and listeners um, because it gives us so much more flexibility in terms of being able to bring different kinds of content to you and that's actually another area that's been new for us. Um, we launched some videos on our website 
um, in, in the, the past year. And so now you can go online and you can see um, members of our staff touring you through libraries. Um, there's one of me taking yeah. a DNA test in case uh, you're interested on about how that <laughs> process works. Um, you want to watch Allison spit, you can. <laughs> yes. Yep, that's it. And um, there's other interesting stuff, too. So we'd be very eager to hear from the listeners about what they think of our videos and topics that you might like to see us cover in the future. Well, and of course, one of the videos near and dear to my heart is the one that teaches you how to subscribe to and listen to podcasts. And of course, we have our brand new Family Tree Magazine podcast this year. Absolutely. It has been such a pleasure to um, hit the online airwaves, if you will, and come to genealogists through an audio medium. Um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback on the podcast, and we hope that you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we have enjoyed putting it together. And, of course, like you were saying, we would love to have input from the listeners. So any time that you want to send us ideas or questions, uh, you can send them to ftmpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll address them, maybe talk about them on the show and see what we can do for you. Um, it's been an exciting year. It, it sounds like you guys have really embraced the uh, multimedia aspect of what you do, and you have this terrific paper magazine, the one that we look forward to in the mailbox, but then there's just so much online resources to tap into. It's terrific. Well, thanks, and um, I think the great thing about genealogy is it, it's not something you can just explore on paper, so we're happy to be um, able to reach out to all the genealogists out there in all different mediums. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Allison. We'll look forward to talking to you in next month's podcast. Thanks, Lisa. in the podcast when we find out what's going on in the genealogical blogosphere with the genealogy insider, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi, how are you? Doing good. I know that, that uh, even though it's December and people have holidays in the mind, there's still lots going on in the world of genealogy. So um, tell us what's new and what you're posting on. There is a lot going on. There was a pretty big release from Footnote um, just today, in fact. They announced a new World War II collection of records and photos and um, other information, which will be very helpful to readers who are just looking for more information on more recent ancestors. And that was a collaboration with the National Archives, isn't that right? Right. They went to the National Archives and they scanned, um, for example, 80,000 pictures that have never been online before and put those on the footnote website. They found documents such as um, submarine air patrol reports, missing crew reports, um, JAG case files, put those online. And then another neat thing they did was create an interactive version of the USS Arizona Memorial in Hawaii. And it works if people remember the Vietnam Wall Memorial that they have on their website. It works a lot right. like that. It's a huge photo, and you can either search on the name and see the image, or you can scan, like go across the photo and find the name that you're looking for. That sounded like such a unique uh, online experience. That's really cool. It is. Yeah, it's very neat. It's, it's almost like being there, and for a lot of people who aren't able to make the trip, it's very meaningful exactly. for them. Um, something else you can do, they have hero pages, which is similar to the footnote pages we've talked about in a previous podcast. And um, you can create an online tribute for your World War II ancestor. 
Oh, great. Right there on the Footnote website. Yes, and those, um, everything will be free for the month of December. The photos, hero pages, and the interactive Arizona Memorial will remain free. Great. And that's at footnote.com. That's right. Wonderful. What else have you got for us? Well, one thing we talked about recently on our blog was what everyone's favorite genealogist wants from Santa Claus this year. Just some gift ideas for your research buddy or, you know, if you're not so into genealogy and your wife is and you want to buy her something cool for Christmas or for Hanukkah, this is a great um, help to um, think of ideas. Give us one of your, your, what's one of your favorites? Well, of course, there are um, Family Tree Magazine um, themed gifts such as a subscription or our State Research Guide CD or um, one of our T-shirts or sweatshirts. Those are all available through our website, FamilyTreeMagazine.com. And then um, some other ideas that we had, I think a lot of people probably dream of a subscription to a record site such as Ancestry.com or Footnote or World Vital Records. Um, We thought a gift certificate to a site such as Snapfish or Shutterfly where people can turn family photographs into books or um, other gifts would be nice. Um, Sometimes time is just a nice thing to spend with people. So taking your research buddy to the library, especially if they have a harder time getting around, and spending the day with them or taking them maybe to a historical site would be a good way to to give someone a gift of your time. Oh, that sounds good. I think I have to go to that post copy the link and email it Mm -hmm. to my husband. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. We also had some readers respond. Um, Someone said that um, she wants to be able to take her research with her to the library, so she was looking for a laptop. Just really hoping and praying for that this year. Um, Someone else mentioned the Genealogy Gift Store. It's um, available through Cafe Press where you can get genealogy-themed shirts and mouse pads and things like that. Yeah, they have a lot of fun stuff over there. Yeah. Um, Someone else said that she has splurged on a gift to herself, a DNA test. Ooh. And, yes, and it just so happens that we are are having a giveaway for a DNA test for one of the listeners to our podcast. Diana's putting on her Santa hat right now. I am. Right? (laughs) Tell us, how, how do we do this? So what we'd like for people to do is email us at ftmpodcast at gmail.com and just let us know what segment of the podcast is their favorite part. Um, what do they what did they enjoy hearing about most? And those people will be automatically entered into a drawing to win the DNA test. And we once we have the person's name, we'll contact them by email to let them know how to redeem the DNA test. And they can either choose a 46-marker Y-DNA test from GeneTree or the mitochondrial DNA test from GeneTree. Wonderful. So we will have um, a link to the email address, which is FTM, like Family Tree Magazine, podcast at gmail.com in the show notes that you find on the website. Or you can just enter that uh, email address right in, send us a line. Let us know what your favorite segment is. Um, so it could be top tips or the blogosphere or the best of Family Tree, whatever. We, w- we want to know what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- great. So then they're going to have, we'll have a drawing and we'll notify them on the 22nd. Is that right? Yes. Great. Yes, I'm very excited about this. 
Yeah, and how wonderful. Dream Tree makes this available, so it can be either um, for a man or a woman, right? Because there's two That's different correct. tests available. Yes, that is correct. Great. And if you're a woman and you win, you can still ask for the Y-DNA test. That's fine, or vice versa. Perfect. Oh, sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Well, all right. You can uh, take your Santa hat and do your rest of your shopping now, right? Great. Okay. <laughs> I need to get that done. Great. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you next month. In our top tips segment, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is using Google in our genealogy research. Now, Allison Stacy has written a comprehensive article on the subject for the January 2009 issue of the magazine, and she's here to go over your guide to Google. Hi again, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, I think by now just about everybody knows about Google and using the search engine on a regular basis, but there are so many tips and tricks that you provide in this article that really help us take advantage of Google's research power. Now, I know you have about 13 tricks listed in the article. Uh, what's one of your favorites? Well, I think my favorite is um, what I call find facts fast, and it's all the other sorts of reference tools that are um, incorporated into the search engine, but unless you know they're there, they're kind of hidden. Um, you wouldn't know it just um, based on the Google homepage because obviously it's pretty stark and not very detailed. So um, it's not just words or ancestor names and things like that that you can look up, but um, you may not know that Google will actually act as a dictionary for you. Mm-hmm. So you can type in the word define and then pick a genealogy term, for example, and enter it and find out what it means. Um, there's also a calculator, so you can enter in some sort of equation and uh, find out what the total is. I use that all the time for, you know, birth and death dates. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, unit conversion, too. For example, you might know that you had um, an ancestor who had a property that was a particular measurement. Um, you could convert that to acres or square feet and do that all within the Google search. Absolutely. And I, and I know you have a section there on um, automating your information gathering, and that includes one of my all-time favorites, uh, which is iGoogle. And mm-hmm. I know people who listen to the Genealogy Gems podcast have heard me go through it step by step. I hope by now they're all set up with their iGoogle page. It's really like a way to take that stark Google homepage and convert it into a complete desktop and I know in my case, it's totally geared to my research, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the greatest thing about it is you just pick what little gadgets you want to include. It could be your favorite blogs or um, the weather, you name it, and you have it all right there on your Google homepage so that every time you launch your browser, um, if you set Google to your, your homepage or every time you go to Google, um, that's what's going to show up, and you can pick a visual theme so that if you want it to look like the beach, it can look like that. You can make it look like fine art um, and all different kinds of things, which is kind of fun, um, but it puts all of the tools that you use right there at your fingertips. So again, it's letting Google do the work for you. Exactly. Kind of the, the term I always use is turn it into your personal genealogy research assistant. It's, it reminds you what you're working on versus you kind of having to start from scratch every morning. And, and I know that there are a lot of gadgets that are created for Google where you can even have a, a search gadget for ancestry or family mm-hmm. search or whatever. So people aren't tapping into that. They should. 
And you've also mentioned here about photos. What kinds of things can Google do to help us with photos? Well, um, there's a free software program called Picasa that um, is part of Google. And what's kind of cool about that is we all tend to, whether you're scanning old photos or taking pictures with your digital camera, we all tend to have just this large storehouse of images on our hard drives. Maybe they're stored on a disk and maybe there's some other places too, but um, they're all kind of lumped in there probably by date. And um, to go back and find the picture that you want is often very challenging, especially if they're filed by date and not labeled. Um, So the cool thing about Picasa is that it has this slick organizer that sort all your photos while you watch. So you ins- um, you basically launch this software program, and it will walk through all of your photos, and you can rename them, you can organize them into albums, you can tag them with keywords so that you can find them faster later. Um, mm-hmm. They've even added a facial recognition feature um, yes. so that you can speed up photo tagging um, by it will recognize people that have the same facial features. And that, that technology is really in the very infant stages. I know that mm-hmm. Google is working to really push that forward. I mean, there's so much here. There's so many wonderful things that you've mentioned. We've just kind of scratched the surface. But uh, I want you to mention and, and tell the listeners what they're going to find in this article because you've got some great cheat sheets in here. Sure. Um, well, in addition to the 13 tips, which spell out, uh, it's kind of the hidden tools of Google that you might not know about besides the actual search. There is a cheat sheet that um, kind of maps out the different areas of the homepage. It tells you all of the um, special search language that you can use to help you find specific web pages and narrow your searches down. Um, it lists the different reference tools, and it gives you fast access URLs, so all of the um, different features that are mentioned in the article. It just gives you a really quick cheat sheet of how you can, uh, the URLs you can use to get directly to those features. Oh, great. And then in addition to that, there is um, a sidebar that lists some surefire search strategies, um, different things that you can do when searching for your ancestor information. And um, we have posted those on our blog, so we'll provide the link in the show notes, and you can go there and um, look at look those up and use them to help refine your searches. Oh, fantastic. Well, again, uh, Google is just a wealth of tools and techniques and information, and and I know we're just scratching the surface, but um, head over to the show notes for this episode. You're going to find links to the cheat sheets that Allison's talking about, and, of course, you can find this um, article in the January 2009 issue of the magazine. Thanks so much, Allison. Thanks, Lisa. Today's 101 Best Website segment, I've invited Matt Kupel, President and Chief Operating Officer of an exciting website called GeneTree, to join me here on the show to tell us about how social networking works for genealogists. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. You know, online social networking is kind of an Internet buzz phrase that we hear a lot, but I know a lot of folks are still trying to get a handle on what it means for them as a family researcher. So I was hoping that you could tell me a little bit about the social networking aspect of the Gene Tree website. Well, so social networking is just a, a catchphrase for 
something that allows people to connect in an online, simple online way. You know, so the most notable social networks that are out there are Facebook is probably the, the biggest one right now. And Facebook does a fabulous job at connecting friends and allowing them to touch base and keep track of each other. Our goal was really to apply that, that a similar concept to that, but do it in a family-centric way. So our network is inherently private, and so it, it's, it's private and not available to the, the general public. You, you sign up and you see your family members, but nobody else can just generically see you without being opted in or joining your, your family network or invited to join. But it lets people share photos and information and, and then also, you know, interesting things about their past and history and genealogies as well as uh, DNA. So it really takes all the great aspects of being able to share and invite people in while kind of retaining your privacy and then being able to share all the good stuff that you're finding. That's right. How does Gene Tree differ from other family history websites? Well, it offers... Um, it, it, it's focused on the family, first of all, and that it allows you to use, you know, one of the key differentiators is, is the DNA angle to us. So we really, you know, you certainly have your concept of who family is today, which for a lot of us that's your, you know, your immediate family, or if you're in the genealogy, it extends back into deeper records. And we support those things with great family tree tools and photo sharing and such. But then we have this really unique angle where we've taken, you can actually take and a DNA sample and run it through our system and we will connect you to our database that goes back, you know, many thousands of thousands of years and connects you to the broader family of, of human history and really helps you extend and expand your concept of who that family is and connect to those people in a safe, secure way. So if somebody signs up for Gene Tree, they could actually order a DNA kit through Gene Tree and and start connecting that way as well? That's right. So we, we basically, you can order a DNA kit. We'll send you out. It's a, it's a mouthwash sample, so you kind of swish, swish the mouthwash around in your mouth for a minute, and spit back into a cup, and then ship that back to us. And we'll take that DNA and compare it to our database, which is really the world's largest, deepest database of other people that have done the same thing, and then help you find connections that, that can bridge over some of the genealogical gaps or records-based gaps that you may have in your in your genealogy. And I'm guessing you're still applying that same sense of, of privacy, so you have some control about um, kind of who you're exposed to in terms of sharing that DNA. Isn't that right? Right. I mean, what happens is, is your, your DNA goes into the database and you can see other people, and usually they're... You can choose how much information you want to share. If you want to share your name, you can do that. If you don't want, if you want it to be completely private, you can do that. But then, if you want to make a connection, you go and request a connection from somebody, or they can request a connection from you. And only after you actually confirm and actually invite yourself or make that connection, allow the connection to happen, are they exposed to you in a broader way? That's really neat. Now, I know that you guys offer more than just a Y-DNA test. Why don't you tell us about the different options we have? We offer today both Y, which is your follows your paternal line, and then mitochondrial, which follows your maternal line. You know, both of those provide a little bit different look into, into how you connect with your, your deeper history. And then we've offered um, one other thing, which is kind of interesting and unique, is because we are we understand you know, Dean Tree has a family tree builder on your site. We understand the relationship between, say, you and your grandmother, maybe some of your cousins and such. We allow other people that are in the site to actually inherit the DNA sample that maybe you took. 
So you and your sister, for example, really share the same DNA from your maternal line. So right. we allow you, you can take a, take a test, and then your sister can come in and actually share and see those results and adopt your results for her. Well, that's a pretty exciting way to uh, expand and use the social networking aspect of your site. I mean, that's pretty unique. Well, it, it's it's pretty cool, and it also it's it's very cost effective as well. So, you know, a family that would like to get some reasonable coverage and and uh, can take one kit, one test, and then share it among themselves. And you know, of course, that doesn't apply if you're adopted or or something like that. So then, that's a little bit different picture. But but it does provide some interesting things. So. We, we also let, allow you to explore the DNA profiles of other people or maybe even other family members. So it could be that, you know, your mother, you're looking at your maternal line through your mitochondrial DNA, but maybe you've got a cousin that is looking at a slightly different maternal line. And you can get a, a broader picture of your, your whole ancestry by kind of exploring their results alongside yours. You bet. Well, this all sounds terrific. Now, I want to give them the website address. It's genetree.com. And tell us, Matt, does it cost anything to get started? It does not cost anything. You can come in and join. You can share photos, upload family trees. We have Jetcom up, upload as well. The only thing that costs anything right now is actually taking a DNA test. Fantastic. So we absolutely invite you to join and invite as many people as you can. Great. Well, I will have a link to the Gene Tree website uh, in the show notes for this episode. And Matt, I want to thank you so much for coming and uh, kind of shedding more light on this amazing, the amazing aspects of social networking and what Gene Tree does. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Is Grandma giving you the cold shoulder? Well, you don't have to give up on capturing her oral history because in today's Best of Family Tree Magazine segment, I've invited Sonny McClellan Morton, author of the article Get Em Talking from the March 2008 issue, to join us. And she's got five great techniques for getting reluctant interviewees to open up. Welcome back to the show, Sonny. Well, it's a pleasure to be back on the show today. I'm excited to talk about ways that we can really get into the strong, silent family members, into their minds, and um, get them talking to us. Well, and it seems like December is a wonderful time to be thinking about that, because we've got the holidays right around the corner, and hopefully we're going to be in the same place with some of these folks. We can do some talking. And you know, what What really hit me as somebody who does a lot of interviews myself, um, I really think that you hit the nail on the head with this article, because you know, kind of the underlying key factor in all five of the tips that you give in the article is that it really pays off to do your homework. And I think also you really kind of honed in on the fact that it's important to talk about what they're interested in, isn't it? It really is. I have to say that the first rule for me of interviewing someone is to show that I'm interested in them. I think someone is much more willing to talk to me when I've demonstrated that I care about them, that I really want to hear what they have to say and what, what there is that's unique that they have to say. I think that's really true. And, and when you talk in tip number one, which is to do a background check, in a way, you're communicating just that. When you actually do your homework and you can talk intelligently about what you're asking them about, I think it really shows them how much you do care. 
It does show how much you care. It also really increases your ability to ask good questions, and good questions are what get you good answers. For example, I give a suggestion of preparing some sort of little timeline on their life so that you can really be prepared to ask questions about maybe flashbulb memories. Is it appropriate to ask them about their memories of when JFK or Martin Luther King were assassinated? Would they have been of an age to have a response to that? Or did they live in a time or a place that you can ask them something really interesting about? I think one of the most fun resources that I suggest in this tip is the Panatti's Parade of Follies. And it goes decade by decade through different bads, different decades. So you can ask uh, your relatives what they thought about Marilyn Monroe. Ask them what they thought about Elvis Presley or the big band sound or several other things that are actually fun to talk about. I think that's a great point. And, of course, we're at a disadvantage because we may not be as familiar with those things from the past as they are. And yet, gosh, don't we all respond to things like songs and things that jog our memory? Well, certainly. And fashions and fads and foods, all of these things that were really exciting to us when we were growing up. Um, well, certainly they were exciting to our relatives when they were growing up, too. And I think that they can give great insight into what their experience has been like. And you gave a really good example in the article about a man who worked on a dairy farm and coming to the realization, I better get up to speed on cows <laughs> in order to be able to talk intelligently with him and help him to tap into his passion for that. I thought that was a fantastic story. And this, the woman who told this story, um, that was her own uh, husband's grandfather, and she thought she knew about him. She thought she knew a little bit about farming and as soon as she started asking him questions, she realized, boy, if I'm going to um, really get him uh, excited and, and talking, then I'm going to have to ask really good questions. And so, like she said, she excused herself and went and did a little bit of reading. And then she said that the interview that they had following her research when she was asking really good questions, she said he just talked her ear off, and it was so fascinating. Yeah, isn't, and it's so exciting when they get excited and they start talking about it and well, as a recap for the listeners, um, tip number one was to do a background check, and tip number two, to get up close and personal. Um, pry into their passions was number three, which we were just talking about. And, of course, the idea of bringing in songs and food and those things goes into tip number four, which is appealing to their senses. And you talk about in, in tip number five, which is probably the most important, which is to let your subject take the lead. Tell us about that. I, I think it's so important to listen and to let your subjects, um, you know, sometimes you're worried, well, what if they wander off the topic? And what Do I need to stop them and bring them back? Or sometimes, you know, if they're not saying anything of value, uh, then, of course, you have to gently lead a subject back into talking about uh, the subject at hand. But I, I really believe that most of the time if you just let somebody answer a question, they're going to tell you something very valuable, even if it's not exactly what you are asking. So I think listening, giving people time, pausing, saying, uh-huh, and then what? What else? Or little tiny things that will help them know that you're interested in the whole story that they have to say and that you're not rushing them. 
I think that's a really important key is to not rush people. I think you're absolutely right. And, and you make a good point in the article that so often we start off in a, uh, you know, we start from a place of having this wonderful list of questions we've worked so hard to develop. And then the, your interviewee starts going off in another direction. And, you know, our temptation is to make sure we hit our list. <laughs> and yet they're going in the direction that means the most to them, aren't they? They really are. And, you know, we want, we have our own ideas about the type of family history project we're doing. We have a list of questions we want answered. We have an outline. We have, it's going to go into this book that everybody's chapters are going to be formatted exactly the same. Well, you know what? No two people are exactly the same. And when you chronicle a life, I think we have to be willing to be flexible in the way that we're imagining how we'll put it together to allow the subject to lead the material that's going to go in there. Oh, I think that's so true. Well, Sonny, I think this is a terrific article. Again, our listeners can find it in the March 2008 issue of Family Tree Magazine. No matter how experienced you are in interviewing, going back over this article is going to really get your mind in the right place. And you also have a great little toolkit section here with websites and books and things that are resources to get you ready. Sunny, thank you so much. Once again, a, a terrific article and lots of great tips to put into action. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining me for the December 2008 episode of Family Tree Magazine Podcast, the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items for you until we meet here again next month. First, head to the Genealogy Insider blog to read about the recent footnote release of the largest World War II collection online. And don't forget to check out the blog post, What Your Favorite Genealogist Really Wants from Santa, for last-minute gift ideas for the genealogist in your life. And, of course, be sure and enter our contest today to win a DNA test generously donated by Gene Tree. Send us an email telling us which regular segment of the Family Tree Magazine podcast is your favorite by December 22nd of 2008, and you might just be the lucky winner. Send your email to ftmpodcast at gmail.com. And then go to the terrific Gene Tree website, at genetree.com and get started creating your family tree and family network for free. Then get out your January 2009 issue of the magazine to read Allison Stacy's article, Your Guide to Google, so that you can start using those 13 tricks for genealogists. And finally, pull out your March 2008 issue of Family Tree Magazine to brush up on Sonny McClellan Morton's tips for getting your relatives to open up and put them into practice when you get together or make those phone calls to family over the holidays this season. I'll have links for you in the show notes for this episode to all of the websites mentioned on today's show. And you can find us on the web at familytreemagazine.com slash podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at ftmpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I hope you'll visit me at my website at genealogygems.tv, where you can listen to my free Genealogy Gems podcast, as well as my new podcast, Family History, Genealogy Made Easy, both available for free through iTunes. So until next time... 
have fun climbing your family tree. This show was brought to you by Gene Tree. Create your free family tree and family network. Go to genetree.com to sign up today. Gene Tree, you belong here.